Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did? On this pod, we are all about some serious millennial real talk and diving into those uncomfortable topics we've been conditioned to believe we just shouldn't talk about. I'm your host, Allison, and right now, when I look around, I see so many millennials trying to navigate these big life transitions. And well, if that isn't you, maybe you just have this gut feeling that it's time to pivot, but you're standing in your own way because you just don't know where to start. Maybe this isn't what you want to hear, but successfully navigating any big life change starts with putting in the work to learn about yourself. If you want to level up in life, it starts with learning to be self-aware and building those life skills that we simply weren't taught in the classroom. So are you committed to doing the uncomfortable growth work? Well, if that was a hell yes, then grab some coffee and let's get ready to dive right in. Hey friends, and welcome back to But What If You Did, where we share empowering stories from millennials in the messy middle and help you to build your mindset toolkit to take you from surviving to thriving. I'm your host, Allison, and well, I just appreciate you coming to hang with me for a bit today. I am so excited to introduce you to this week's rockstar millennial, Lahana Vigliano. Lahana's story is filled with twists and turns, but it serves as a powerful reminder to listen to your intuition, to never take the popular road just because someone tells you to, and it demonstrates through and through what it means to be resilient and to never settle. And on that note, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's get to today's conversation with Lahana. All right, friends, I am so excited to dive into today's conversation, and I am just really excited to welcome Lahana Vigliano to the line so that we can dive into this conversation all about health and wellness and pivots and life. Welcome, girl. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I love it. I can't wait to like dive into all the things (laughs) with you. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yes. So I am a board certified clinical nutritionist. I am the CEO of New True Wellness. Um, my journey started off just so by age, I'm 29 right now. So, um, I would say I'm obviously my journey started on like November 20th, 1991, but, um, yes. <laughs> if we really get into the nitty details, um, I would say my senior year, um, obviously since I was, um, five, like as long as I, could remember. And I can't remember anything. I think before five, um, I wanted to be a doctor. So I loved health. I knew that's where I wanted to go. And then it wasn't until more so when I was in college, kind of doing all the things that is needed for, um, like pre-med, all the prereqs, um, that my mind kind of changed, but backing up, um, my senior year, um, my boyfriend, husband now, but boyfriend, um, we had our son, I was 17. So I was a very young mom. Um, I always joke with my son. He, preg- he graduated high school too. Cause I walked across the stage, like insanely pregnant. Um, so we had our, so we were young parents. Um, we lived with my parents for like two weeks. And then like, if that shows you anything of like kind of a shit show of a chaos um, behind closed doors. Um, we lived with my parents for like two weeks when he was born, moved into our apartment. And then like, I was just kind of shoved into like, holy crap, like I'm not in high school anymore. I'm living on my own. I have a baby to feed. Um, my days looked like I was a manager at Aldi, um, which is a great company, but I was working there like 30, 35 hours a week. I was going to school full time. Like I was literally after I had my son, um, I, the semester started, I think the week after I gave birth, I was literally in the college bookstore. Um, right after the hospital, I needed to pick up my books for class. I was like, 
I remember standing in the line, like basically holding my vagina, like, oh my gosh, I just gave birth. I feel like I'm falling apart. I'm in a lot of pain. Yet here I am. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I'm kind of jumping all around, but, um, so there was just a lot on my plate, but I knew I was still on the track of pre-med. Um, and then my days consisted of like work, school, baby, work, school, baby. Um, and then when it was my last semester, like my second or third semester at UCF that I just realized, you know, what I was being taught, like, this is the issue. This is the pill for the issue. It really didn't sit well with me. Um, and that's when I started to contemplate like, okay, one, I'm a mom. So I am starting to realize how much more flexibility I desire because I want to be, be there for my kids if needed. You know, I don't want to be stuck in like a nine to five type thing. If my kids needed me, if they were sick or whatever. And when you're a doctor, like there's other sick people that need you. So it's not something that like you not being there can be life and death at some situations. So um, that kind of was getting to me. I didn't agree with the way that we were being taught. I knew that I just to preface, I'm an Enneagram eight. If you're not close to Oh my God, I'm an Enneagram eight as well. Yes. Okay. So you know how my brain works. I want to be in control. So me thinking that I'm not in control of my health and that the only, the only solution is a pill. It kind of drove me a little like crazy. Cause I'm like, no, there has to be more things I can control in my life that will prevent a chronic disease. Cause I'd say I have a I have definitely a fear of a chronic disease for sure. So that also pulled me into like, what can I do to prevent? So that's how I found nutrition. And then, you know, um, I don't know if you wanted to ask any questions before we get to like where I am now. (laughs) Um, Well, I think something that stands out about your whole story is just that like, you have to be really freaking resilient to like, be like, okay, now I have a kid. Now I got to go figure this out. Okay. Now I'm going to go to college for this. And now I'm not so sure that this is the right thing. So like, I want to talk about how like resilience plays into all of this and what that kind of taught you and how that kind of helped move you into the, this next like pivot, so to say, like towards nutrition. So I don't know. A part of me is really thankful for my personality. Not saying that like, if you're not this personality, you can't make it and you can't make it happen, but you know, obviously how our brains are trained. And I, I think definitely there was a feeling of, I want to prove people wrong. Not saying that that's how you like go about your life is proving people wrong, but I wanted to prove, right. I wanted to prove my parents because my parents, I think the moment they thought I was pregnant, my life was going to go downhill. I was a young mom. There's no way one I'd stay together with baby daddy. But, um, so my, my school, I'd quit school, like, so all these things. And so I think that really fueled me of like, I don't want that to happen, obviously. And I want to prove that I can do it. So I think that really fueled and lit a fire under my butt to make it happen. Um, Again, that might be my personality, but that's just how like my mind was wired. I did. I wanted to be, I guess I've always kind of been like this ever since I can remember, but I've always wanted to stand out and not stand in. And so in my case, obviously I definitely stood out because not everyone's having babies at 17, but um, from the people that were, I wanted to be not your typical teen mom that is in a really bad relationship that's doing a dead end job, which if, I mean, everyone's on their own journey. So, I mean, if that's you and you're happy with it, awesome. If you're not awesome, I just knew I wanted more and I was willing to do like whatever it took. Um, it also helped too, that I had a partner and my parents were supportive, um, after everything happened. Um, so I know that helped as well, but I just, I, I, I knew that I would regret it if I laid on my deathbed, if I just conceded to my situation. 
Um, I totally relate to the like proving people wrong thing. For me, it's like door closes and I'm like, okay, I'll just find another way. Like if I want something and I'm going to get there, like I'm going to figure it out no matter what, who tells me like, oh, this promotion isn't for you. That's cool. I'll find a way around you and I'll make friends with the manager above them. Like that's just, I feel like that's totally the eight in us. That's like, no, I don't really accept that answer. Excuse me. Well, I just go find a better way. Like, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, when you do personality tests, there's like the good traits and then there's the bad traits of the personality. And yeah, you definitely don't want to cross Nate. <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> sure. No, we will just find another way. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, which I have oof, a ton of that, um, especially after I started my business, which I'll share more about. But yeah, that I think really fueled me to navigate that situation in that season of my life was just, I wanted to prove people wrong and I wanted to get out of my hometown. I just wanted to make something of myself and that really, and I'm naturally a motivated person. So I'm just like, let's go, let's do it. Let's hustle. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, so something that I think a lot of millennials struggle with is this idea that like, I can't change my mind about what I want to do in life. And I think a lot of that stems from having parents that like our parents' generation, it was so common for them. And I I know I've said this on previous episodes where like, it was so common for them to like get a job and stick with it their whole life until retirement and then retire. And that was just a product of the generation and the times and you know, the economy that they grew up in. And it's just not the same for us. But I think that we, because that was the belief that we were taught and had instilled in us, it's really hard for millennials to accept and embrace this idea that I can't, Mm -hmm. like, that I can change my mind and I can just go after other things. So how do you, like, how did you kind of work through that for yourself? And what's some advice that you could give other millennials that are kind of at this pivot point where they feel like they're ready to go after something different, or maybe they're not in the right place, but they're afraid to change their mind because of what maybe others might think. To be honest, that's exactly it. It's the fear of what others will think, how others will perceive you. I think that is the everything behind the quote, behind the quote of like, you know, not being, I can't change my mind. I'm at where I want to at and I don't want to change. And it really is just the opinions of others and people pleasing. That's what's holding people back. And so I feel like if you could unpeel that layer and really get down into the nitty gritty and overcome that, you know, I think you're, I think you're powerful as hell. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing because that's what went through my head when I switched from pre-med to nutrition. And as, like you said, our parents' generations, we were, um, you need the prestigious, you need something like really big, like a yeah. lawyer or a doctor. And so going from something prestigious and I'm using air quotes cause you can't see me on that people are listening. Um, and then you go down to like nutrition, which is technically less prestigious also again in quotes, which I could argue that through and through why that's not the case, but, um, naturally traditionally that is what it is. And so I was really nervous cause I'm like, all right, my parents, like, I just already felt like they were saying like, she's a teen mom. Now look at me. I'm going down here. It's like kind of like what they assumed would happen, but I, it wasn't that at all. It was, I was not happy with like what I was in, you know, I'm spending all this money on school, which I'm such a school nerd. I'm still in grad school. I'm starting my doctorate next year. So like, I am obsessed with school. Don't get me wrong. And it's funny. I always wanted to be a doctor and I am going to be a doctor just in a different way than what I thought it was. So it's funny how like life does that. But, um, I, again, I really had to overcome that thinking of screw, like, yes, I love my parents, but like screw what they think, screw what my friends think, whoever thinks, cause it's my life. And I'm the only one that's like, I, 
was born alone. I'm going to die alone. I have to be happy with the decisions I'm making. And we have this like one life to live. Like, I don't care if your dream is to be an artist and a musician and your parents look at you like, Oh gosh, like it's really rare. You can't make it in this like world or whatever in that career. No, like if it's in your soul and in your blood, you will make it happen. It will work for you, but you just need to get past the all the excuses and being fearful of what could happen because you're never going to know what's going to happen if you don't like put yourself out there and try. I think the fear-based response is just, it, it really has controlled so much of our lives that we don't even realize that it's a fear-based response. Mm-hmm. Like it really, we, as millennials, we feel so tied to these expectations and we just, we weren't taught to self-reflect. We weren't taught to do the internal growth work. And so by closing ourselves off from doing that, we look at everything from face value. And at face value, it can feel really hard to admit that you're afraid to change your path. But if you're not happy, like you said, you really need to lean into, okay, well, why am I not happy? Because live alone, die alone. Yep. What are you going to yep. do in the middle? What are you doing to move yourself to a better place? You know. Um, I've said this before on the podcast, but I came from a really negative headspace. Like when I started my self-growth journey, I was not happy with the person that I was. And it took a lot of self-reflection work to realize what I wasn't happy with and how to get out of it. And a lot of it was limiting beliefs that I had placed on myself or believed because of influences in my life that had led me to believe that was the only way. Yeah. I agree. I think, like you said, it's just that fear that holds you back so much, whether you know it or not, it is what it is. Um, another big, um, which you'll appreciate this. Cause I totally found like, you know, another way, but when I started my business, I was a stay at home mom for a little bit with my daughter. Um, cause after we got married, I was ready for number two and I was just like, let's do it. Um, and I was like, I never really got to stay home with my son just because I was going to school full time and working. And so I stayed at home with, with her for like eight months. And then I started to get like really antsy of like, okay, I really want to do something. I know I'm not supposed to be just stay home mom, which I enjoyed it. Anyways, um, so I started New Vitru. It was like back in 2015. Anyway, something that happened. I was in Florida. We live in Austin, Texas now, uh, but I was in Florida and something that like my worst nightmare. Cause there's different laws in different States of like who you can see. Like if you are licensed in Florida, you can only see mm. people in Florida, whatever. Yeah. So my rebellious, I already chose against this is like average person doesn't know this. Anyways, there's a dietitian and nutritionist. Basically anyone can be a nutritionist. A dietitian is the quote unquote prestigious, like nutrition credential. I again would argue and disagree. Anyways, I wanted more holistic because I was just more uh, functional medicine, holistic herbs. That That's kind of the way I wanted to be taught. So I didn't go with an RD because the RD is like um, funded by like Coca-Cola, McDonald's, like you name it. It's a classic like dietitian like you find in hospitals. No, don't get me wrong. I have a team of dietitians on my business. They're amazing, but it's just like, they're very rare, like the holistic versions of them. Anyways, but they are out there. They're good. Um, anyway, so I wasn't a dietitian and in the state of Florida, you needed to be a dietitian to technically see people. So I was reported to the health department and I literally, it was like a movie got served papers, um, because I wasn't a dietitian and they were like, we've been following you for, um, a couple of months. And we know you, we, we know that, you know, what you're talking about. Like, why don't you just become a dietitian? And I'm like, I don't want to, cause I don't believe in what is being taught in those programs. Um, I just got my bachelor's in nutrition science and I didn't like, you know, do the RD, whatever stuff, yeah. exams and internships and all that. 
anyway, so I had to pay a thousand dollars and I remember it happening in the movies when like everything around you blurs and it's just like, just this hyper focus in. I was just looking at this lady, like my worst nightmare is coming true. Um, I've, I, cause I kind of knew the laws I will admit, but I was just like, you know, personal trainers give nutrition advice all the time. Like how regulated is this? But when you're a threat to someone, oh yeah, you're going to be reported. And so they're anonymous. I don't know who it is. Thank you though. Because in the moment it was the worst day of my life in the sense of like, I can't practice. I can't see anyone. I can't do what I want to do, but it really pivoted me to actually assessing where I'm living. And I was like, actually, I don't want to be in Florida. I want to, and this was not planned, but we had a trip to Texas um, to go to a conference. And I totally felt when we were here, this is where I needed to be. And again, that's a huge decision. We just bought a house in Florida. There's a lot of fear. All of our families there, we're basically going to, would pick up everything we have to move here. And that's insane to think about. But I was like, our kids are young enough. They're about to start school, school. So if we're going to do, we got to do it now. So that's what brought us over here to Austin. But in that, like, as you can see, that was a huge thing. One that was like my worst nightmare to getting reported. And then also leaving my comfort zone and moving to a freaking state. I didn't know any, where anyone was at, but I'm so thankful that that happened. And if you don't put yourself out there and even your worst case scenarios, maybe they do happen. It led me to where I'm super happy because I love Texas. So I'm super happy with where I'm at now. I'm able to do what I do, but if that never happened, I would still be in Florida. I'd still be in my comfort zone. I'd still be doing all the things. And I, I'm just so grateful it happened. Like so grateful. It's so interesting because I was talking to um, Dr. Lauren Cook, who is a therapist that I met um, through Clubhouse, and she did an episode with me about decision-making and how some of the decisions that millennials are facing right now are so, like, it's not your standard, like, okay, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to buy a house. I'm ready to have kids. It's We've now had this reset button pressed on our lives in the last year, and they're yeah. having conversations about where do I want to start a life? and. Yeah. It's what state do I want to live in? If I'm going to just start over, because that's what a lot of us feel like we have to do after the last year, because whether it was a career loss, whether it was a change in relationship, like so many big things happened that we've now been given this opportunity to restart. And the conversations that are being had largely are what state do I really see myself living in long-term? What state do I want to settle Mm -hmm. down in? And it's not necessarily where people's families are. It's really actually very interesting how... um, Millennials are like really starting to hone in on that specifically. So I love that you just shared that because that is definitely a conversation my boyfriend and I have had. And then when Lauren said that, I was like, oh, I'm not the only one having that kind of conversation. Cool. And so when you said that, I'm like, see, and that is proof that it works. (laughs) Yes. Because you just, again, I never would have entertained the idea. But because that happened, it opened up my mind, especially, yeah, the past year in COVID, um, people either getting left, left, um, their jobs, letting them go, or just, you know, now their job is completely virtual and they're going to stay that way because the companies don't want the overhead of having a space. So you can work anywhere technically, which my husband's company is in Florida and, you know, we live here. So he's completely virtual. That was before COVID though. Um, but now it's like the world is so open, like, where are you going to go? And um, I don't know, just even the hardest things that happen in life, COVID, whatever situations, man, I'm so grateful for them because they really pivot you and throw you in the direction that you're supposed to be at. So I want to talk a little bit about values and living in alignment with your values, because I think that that's something that millennials just 
we never, like I said, we never really took the time to do the self-reflection work. And I think that sometimes when we're trying to make these big life pivots, it's, we're struggling and we have all this internal chaos and we don't know how to sort through it. And a lot of it comes back to the fact that we just don't know what we want. And I know as H, we're very clear on what we want most of the time. And yeah. when we lose, when we lose control of what we want, that's when we struggle. But like, we are yeah. really good at like honing in on like, okay, this is what I, these are the decisions I'm making. And it's because it's in alignment with where I want to go in life. Um, but when you really start to like realize that you're not living in alignment with those values and like, you know, so you had to pivot when this big life incident happened and you were like, okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to go try it over here. What did you, like, how did you work through getting yourself back on track? Every time like life throws you one of these big curveballs, how do you get yourself back on track so that you know that you're back in alignment? So it's so funny because my, my husband calls me like, calls me a little witchy because I am oddly, and this is not like an ego thing. I'm truly always right. It is the creepiest thing. Cause this is not situations <laughs> that like, I want to be right. Like I don't want to be right in every situation because it's not always a good outcome. But, um, so he always like, I swear you have this like crazy, like witchiness, but you're like, you know, um, I I'll like it. sometimes read minds and not read minds, but like finish sentences. Like, all right, you know what you're going to say? It's like, how do you know I was going to think about that? Anyways. Um, so I have a really good intuition and I think that everyone could have a good intuition. Um, I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is the fear um, we're like second guessing ourselves, but I think we all have this intuition also. So I know I'm a Christian, so, um, I do think God is leading me with wherever I'm going, but I do think that if we actually sit back and reflect and hone into deep down in our guts, we know what we probably should do. And if you can really get there and unpeel the layers of like fear and being scared and everything like that you know where you have to go. And it's really just kind of overcoming what's ever holding you back from listening to it completely. So obviously for me, it's a little bit easier because yeah, I'm an eight. I know my intuition, but mm -hmm. I also have person. had so many situations in my life that I'm sure everyone has that if you actually reflect on the past, you can tell that like everything has like led you to where you're at today. And like, to me, God never steers me wrong. So now I if I'm like in a pivot moment in my life, I'm like, okay, let me look at back at past experiences. Has he ever left my side? No. Has my intuition been right? And I went with it. Yes. So now it's an easy, like, nope, this is where we have to go. We have to pivot this way. I know it's the right way. Just spiritually and intuitively. I know it's just kind of where we have to go. So I think reflecting on past experiences. I mean, even if you don't know it, I do think we all have them and we can reflect and see where that's, you know, brought us today. Um, and yeah, just really overcoming whatever's holding you back from actually listening into your intuition. I love that. I, you know, I think back on all of these times where I felt like something really horrible had happened or something had really gone wrong only to really see that it was redirecting me to something better and that something better worked out further down the line. But I am also very much someone that makes decisions off of gut feelings. And I mm -hmm. have said to coworkers before, like, no, this situation is sleazy or no, this situation doesn't yeah. feel right. And they're like, he's just trying to have, and I'm like, no, like yeah. I can't have this conversation with my boss because of X. And it's because I have like this strong yeah. gut feeling that yes. something is not right about the situation. And I think that once you can learn to like, I used to kind of push those feelings down of yes. like, and not listen to them. And once I learned that, like, like you said, I really do have a strong intuition and that learning to listen to it was 
so helpful in my self-growth journey of like learning to trust the process and embrace the journey and being willing to, I guess, really to embrace risk more. Like, I think I was a little bit afraid to embrace risk for a while. And I think once I kind of honed in on the fact that like my intuition is my guiding light. Yep. All of a sudden it all just started to feel easier. Like it just started to feel easier to, oh yeah, I need to pivot. Oh yeah, yeah, this isn't right for me anymore. Oh yeah. yeah, it's time to make a change. Yeah, for sure. Man, I love those Instagrammates. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like just I'm gonna like I said, when I got reported to the um health department, I'm like, mm, I'm gonna make it happen. Like this is a huge pivot. Don't get me wrong. There's small pivots, there's really huge yeah. pivots, but nope, I'm gonna make it happen. Um, and I think when we have these situations too that come across, we really have to think instead of like, why is this happening to me? You need to think like, what is this teaching me? What Mm -hmm. do I need to take away from this? Um, Like, yes, why is it happening to me? But why? Like, is is it shifting where I'm supposed to go? Is it just for me to grow stronger, mentally stronger, physically stronger, whatever it is? Um, So I I really love that. um, And and I appreciate Enneagramates. Yes, I am all about this. Because now that (laughs) every time I'm like, yes, I'm an Enneagram 8-2, you understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So... I want to talk a little bit about mindset and how, like, especially as a nutritionist, like, how do you see that influencing people's health and wellness journeys, especially because I know you work more in the functional side of things and really like using food and supplements and fueling your body the right way. How do you see mindset really work into how that impacts people's lives? I think mindset is like, by far something that is so underrated. Um, I feel like mental health is being talked about more, but it's so major. Like, yes, obviously food is so important too. And exercise is so important and using non-toxic products. Like, yes, all of that is really important, but I just find that the mind is so powerful. I'm even so powerful. I remember reading a study that, um, it was a group of people, I think, uh, needing knee surgery. And I think there was they split in half, half of the group actually got knee surgery. The other half got, like they just cut open their leg. Like they prepped for surgery, but they actually never did anything. They just cut it and then sewed it back up. Anyways, recovery was incredible for these people, like less knee pain and all these things with the people that simply just got cut, not actually did any of the typical knee surgery. So if that shows you how powerful mind is, especially with health, like it's incredible. And I find people that are probably the least successful are the people that are definitely the negative thinkers. They don't, they're not trusting the process. They are trying to take control, which I appreciate. Hey, I'm a, I'm a control person too. So I I understand and I appreciate that. But there's at, at one point you have to let go and like, just trust the process and at least be open-minded to changing your mindset. Like we constantly have to be working on changing our mindset, um, especially in our health, because I find that our mindset is so connected with, um, our stress levels, our cortisol, our stress hormone. And I like, when I tell people you can eat perfectly, you can exercise perfectly, but if you are really stressed out and your mindset is just not there, my, you know, I take it back to mindset, um, but you're just stressed out in general, you can get diabetes. And, and people are like, what? Like, isn't that like just diet and lifestyle related? And I'm like, yeah, but it's stress. Like that's how powerful stress is. And that does go back to your mindset of what's fearful. What do you feel like you like are losing control of? Um, so it's definitely something that holds people back from really reaching optimal health, unfortunately, because I also know it's the hardest thing to change. Yes. Give me 
like the foods I need to eat and exercise to me, that's, that's actually pretty easy, but to actually change the way that we've just been taught from our parents, or we just picked up from peers, that's a lot to change mindset. So it's a constant thing you have to work on for sure. I think that's so interesting, especially like it's so much of the, it's like our perception around stress too. Right. Um, I know, like I said, like, since I went back to work, like I'm really not happy in my job. Right. And so I've realized how much more stressed I am by it than I used to be. Um, and it's because I'm mentally, I'm not in a good headspace when I'm there. I don't feel like I'm in a safe, protected environment. Like there are so many pieces and parts to this, but if I go in with a positive attitude and I can keep that positive attitude all day, my mindset is in a better place when I leave and I'm less stressed when I get home. On the flip side of that, if I go in and something happens pretty quickly and I can't get myself back to that mindset, my day is shot and my stress levels are through the roof. And I definitely, like, I just started working with a functional medicine doctor, um, working on my own stress (laughs) because that's where I feel like my health and wellness was suffering was it was all stress induced. Um, And so much of that has been mindset work and breath work and... I don't know if you ever recommend like breath work, but that's been like yeah. really leaning into learning that appropriately yeah. and embracing that like has been so key for me to learning how to like better manage my stress during these times. Yeah. I think it's, you know, people look for like a magic pill or a supplement or whatever. And it's honestly the very simple foundational things in our diet and lifestyle that needs to be changed. And that can make massive improvements in our health. Um, And again, yeah, it definitely needs to be something that you always worked on. I, to me, have seen massive improvements when I just start my day with listening to a book, not technically a motivational book, but lately either it's like a Christian book or um, an entrepreneur, just kind of like just something positive of, you know, really just supporting my like education and mindset. Because I go into, which if you, one of my favorite things, I think every millennial should listen to it because, you know, there's so many mindset, money mindset blocks. Um, especially like, I, you know, my parents, like there's a scarcity mentality and that's something I've like constantly had to overcome, man. I love the book. Um, I'm a badass at making money. Oh my gosh. That yeah. was amazing for my mindset, my money mindset. I remember listening to that book every morning. I would go through a chapter game changer. It was a game changer in the way that like, just not my mindset, but my day, the rest of my day, I was always so pumped and excited and hopeful. My mindset was so different when I listened to books versus days I don't. Yeah. So how do you really pull a lot of that like into your practice with nutrition? Like, do you like integrate mindset and that kind of things when you work with clients? Or is it like you have different people on your team that do different things? I want to hear more about your business and what it is you do. Yeah. So no, we definitely integrate things um, like with mindset. I would say that's a lot like on our one-on-one sessions when we're coaching people and really getting down to it. Sometimes, yes, we're deeply talking about someone's on a very therapeutic diet because they're struggling with so-and-so, a hormone imbalance, a gut issue. And there's sometimes when the whole session is just simply talking about working through like, it's so funny because like we're not therapists, but at the same time, we we have to touch on it a little bit. It's also um, integrated. It's integrated. You can't like leave it out. Yeah. Um, so we definitely handle like um, food, environment, um, stress, sleep, exercise. So we make sure all those pillars are really working. Um, we do have a health coach that really specializes more so in behavior change. Um, so I'm the type of gal, like, give me a condition. Let me work with you on the physical things. If you do what I say, like, you know, I see results. Um 
But if you're having issues implementing what I recommend, then that's not my specialty. So I'll refer to my health coach to be like, okay, you you can unpack it with her of like what, why your behavior isn't matching. Like, you know what you need to do. Right. Um, so we do I dabble in a little bit, but I, and then of course, refer even further out if like a therapist is needed or something more intense, but we definitely hit on it. Um, because like I said, it's, if you're constantly thinking I'm chronically ill, like your mind is going to like manifest that. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to make sure that it's like, it's on, it's on right point. Um, yes. The mind is very powerful. And mm-hmm. I think we often underestimate truly how powerful, um, it is. I think, you know, at the reason I started the podcast goes back to trying to help millennials that are navigating these big life transitions and pivots. And something that I think we often don't take into consideration when we are making these big changes is like, we're so focused on the tangible change that's happening that everything else kind of gets pushed to the back burner. And that's when our health and wellness takes a back seat. And I think there is nothing that we've proved more recently than how much our health and wellness cannot take a back seat. Um, And I think that like, like you said, like all like sleep, rest, nutrition, exercise, like they all have a piece in helping us to be able to actually functionally navigate these changes. Because I think otherwise it becomes very easy to become overrun and overwhelmed with stress, burnout, anxiety, depression, fear. Um, So I love that your business kind of has like that all around approach to it. And I think that that's something too, that our healthcare system in this country is not set up in, oh, it's, in the it's best called way. Sick care, not healthcare. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it doesn't really support us working with these professionals no. that have this more functional way of dealing with um, all of these yeah. different conditions and things that manifest in our lives. And I would highly encourage all of you, if you've never worked with a functional doctor or a functional nutritionist or dietitian, to really look into what it is that they do. Um, if you feel like you're stuck or something that you're really struggling with with your health, whether it's your hormones or gut health, I watched a workshop from a functional, I think they were a functional nutritionist or a dietitian um, on gut health a few weeks ago. And it was like eye-opening to me. Mind-blowing, yeah. You don't realize how much problems in your gut affect everything. Everything. Anxiety. So, oh my gosh, it's so funny when someone comes to us and they're like, I came to you for like hypothyroidism or um, anxiety or even joint pain or something like that. It's hilarious when I'm like, how's your poop? And they're like, um, I did not come to you for like gut health stuff. I'm like, no, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. It is where everything starts. Um, and it's, we do stool testing. We do lab testing. We dive deep into all that stuff. So we love to get down into the nitty gritty. So like we help people understand their body. Um, and you know, it is different because with the healthcare system we have, everyone's so used to like insurance and stuff. Um, and we do not take insurance. Um, but it's so worth the investment because if I could, I always tell people, Cause I see women who are like, like in their late thirties, early forties, and they've been doing this and trying to figure it out. for like 10 plus years. And I'm like, what if you just actually made that investment? Granted back then it probably wasn't as pe- like popular as it is now, but if you made that investment to work with someone to just get it, know your body, get it done, move on. Like you would be, would have been thriving for 10 years instead of trying to figure out and finally, you know, you're going to hire someone. So as millennials, like get it done now, be a, stay on top of it. Like 
your health is everything. Without it, you're obviously dead and you can't do what you love to do. So get it on mm-hmm. a handle now. <laughs> and millennials are really big on just like not picking up the phone to make the appointment. But sometimes I think it's because we're just really put off by traditional medical systems and stuff. And like, yeah. sometimes you need someone that you can relate to. Cause I, I think that yeah. that's something that's really interesting in the podcasting world too, is it's like the two of us could say the same exact information and some people are going to resonate with the way that you say it. And some people are going to resonate with the way I say it. And that's why yeah. so many podcasts on the same topics can be so successful, right? It's yeah. like, you have to find the person in the messaging and the yep. tone of voice even yeah. that resonates with you and it's going to help you want to make that change in your life. Agreed. That's why, you know, everyone has a place, no matter what you do, like everyone has a place in like even conventional care. Like if you have a broken arm, don't come to me, go go to them. You know, everyone has a place in the healthcare system or just in the world in general. Um, but it is, we tend to like, I love Instagram's my favorite platform. That's where I'm on the most Instagram stories. And like, it's so cool to build relationships with people. Um, and I definitely see people making those decisions of like, I've watched you for so long. I trust you. Um, I know how passionate you are, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, like I, that's why this year we're committed to doing more videos and all that. Cause I know that's, that's how in this digital world we can like see each other and connect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally true. Um, so something that I like to wrap up all of my conversations with, and mostly because I think millennials don't really give ourselves enough credit for the things that don't go well in our lives, right? Like we navigate these really crappy situations and then we don't pat ourselves on the back for it and say, wow, girl, that was really awesome that you made it through that. Instead, we move on and we're like, thank God that's over. When really we should be celebrating the fact that we just like bomb ass at like navigating this crazy (laughs) cool thing that just, you know. Came yeah, out of the woodwork, right? So when you look back a year from now, what is it that you think you'll be most proud of yourself for? Um, with this year, there hasn't been anything crazy, nothing big. So I think I would be really proud of myself of just staying consistent and persistent with just the things that I know I need to do. Not always the fun stuff, right? Not the like content creation, um, posting on social, um, serving my clients, like nothing, you know, nothing crazy new happened in this past year, but I'd be so proud of myself just for staying consistent. Cause that is the hardest thing. It's really hard to keep showing up when no one's watching or no one's listening or you just feel like your work is not being heard. You're still figuring things out. You're pivoting, you're starting a business, but you're having trouble, whatever it is. Being consistent is hands down the hardest thing. So I think I'd be proud of myself for doing that and getting out of my comfort zone because I actually love, I don't mind doing videos at all, but they take the most work. And so I'd probably be proud of myself too for just overcoming that like excuse of not doing them and actually making it happen. I think the consistency thing is so um, relatable across Mm -hmm. so many industries. Like consistency is what moves you forward and it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. It's so hard to show up every day and be consistent, especially when things feel hard and draining and emotionally unstable. Like that is, that is something to be proud of yourself for. Especially as an entrepreneur, for all the entrepreneurs out there that are just starting and there's five people that are listening or liking your stuff on social, um, I definitely think a mindset change is so valuable there because yes, it's easy to get caught up like, dang, this girl's doing the same as me and look at all the people that really engage with her or whatever. Um, but what I see is just like, that's five people that willingly are coming to your home, your podcast, your 
videos, your social media account and liking that and being grateful for, man, I wish I had more to, I'm really grateful for just like what I have, even if it's five people, 10 people. Cause again, once you have consistency, it can only keep going up from here. So yes. Well, um, I would love for you to share where they can connect with you, how they can work with you, all of the good stuff. Yes. So like I said, Instagram's my jam. Um, that's where you'll see the most of me. Um, so that's at new V true wellness and U V I T R U wellness, all one word. Um, and then that's our website as well. New V Um, YouTube, that's what we're working on this, this year. Um, also new E2 wellness, that's where you can find us. Um, and on our website at the top page, there's services and lab testing. You can look at all the labs we do services. When you go to that page, you'll learn more about how we work, what we help. Um, gut and hormones are our jam. Um, but we also see like weight loss and stuff as well, but gut and hormones are our favorite. And then you can request a free appointment with me where we just hop on the phone for 15 minutes. I can learn about you. You can learn more about like us and what we do and see how we can help you with your health goals. And do you work with people all over the country or we do? Yes. Love that. Well, Thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. I hope that all of you will take a few moments to head on over to connect with Lahana over on social and be sure to check the show notes for links to everything we discussed in today's episode. And until next week, friends, I will see you right back here. Same time, same place. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. But I want to take a moment to celebrate the fact that you showed up and put in the work, even if it felt hard. Growth doesn't always feel good, but it sure does mean you're leveling up in life. For show notes, blog posts, downloadable resources, and more, head on over to butwhatifyoudidpod.com and be sure to join our But What If You Did community insiders so that you never miss an update. Just scroll to the bottom of the screen and sign up for free. And if you vibed with this episode, I would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts telling us what vibed with you. This is the best way to help the podcast grow and I just love hearing how the pod is resonating with you. Simply take a screenshot of your review and send it to hello at alisonpalank.com. That's hello at A-L-Y-S-O-N-P-A-L-L-A-N-C-K.com and I'll send you my exclusive Life Lessons Roadmap for Surviving 2021 Workbook as a thank you. See you soon.